4: The following is a special presentation of King MoX Sports, live from the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern at Union Station. This is Extra Time with Bill McDermott, presented by the Bank of Springfield on America's Sports Voice, King MoX. Thank you, Dave King, the voice from the
5: heavens, as he has been for so many years. Cam Wax, with me tonight is Dale Shilling. Joey Zanaboni, they did the game on KY-98, KY-KY. They will be covering every home and away game. We're going to be here on KMOX on eight different occasions. That's right, Dale, travel to
4: <laughs>
5: home and away. We're going to be here with extra time at the pitch for eight different occasions. Next one is against Minnesota when St. Louis City plays their next home game on April 4th. Uh, April 1st, excuse me, they go to Portland the rest of this month next week they go to Portland and San Jose's in town then rail Salt Lake Uh, Jen Gansner and George Gansner are going to join us the next part of the segment of the show the first the first husband-wife Duo on our first show and my isn't that appropriate but Dale and uh, Joey I wanted to ask you uh, we covered MLS we talked about that But I want to talk about, in particular, the facilities that I think has immediately vaulted St. Louis to the top of the league. This is unprecedented that everything is a one centralized downtown 31-acre footprint.
6: And, And within walking distance, the pitch. It made it very easy to get over here today. Bill, I mean, it's incredible the amount of thought and effort that's gone into every aspect, whether it's the local restaurants for the fans, whether it's this unbelievable surface that josh mcpherson has sculpted out there with his many tools and his many lamps that grass i don't know it could look any greener than it did just incredible
5: joey he gave me the whole scenario one day he lost me after two sentences
6: it makes a huge difference we were talking about surfaces enzo capetti last week they play in the same stadium that the the carolina panthers do and I mean, it is artificial service. Yep. And he actually, you know, hey, it's his first game at the club. He wasn't making too much noise about it. But Capetti said, hey, I, I really prefer the natural stuff. By the way, he's also a new father. Just uh, welcome to baby week. on yep. Wednesday. A lot of mixed emotions for Edzo Capetti, I'm sure. Didn't like the turf, though. I'm sure he loved playing on that grass. And the level of craftsmanship that Josh, who took the trip with us down to Austin and uh, has drawn ideas and inspiration from all these other stadiums in the MLS, I mean, it goes to show every level, every piece of the stadium, the amount of thought and effort is just breathtaking.
5: And one of the things, Dale, when the league first started, when the superstars came over to play, Thierry Henry, Lautaro uh even prior to that, Marco Etcheverry in the Halcyon era of DC United, they all said, "Look, oh my hamstring, <laughs> my hamstring's starting to bother me." We have a game in portland oh my quads bother me but dale not just the stadium which is magnificent in and of itself obviously in particular the surface as joey just touched upon but the training facilities these are world class
7: yeah the, the training facility that we have here is world class i would say that the most important part of the facility is that it's all under one roof and that all of the teams are housed in that one facility so we have the the four academy teams we have the two team we have the first team that uh that share a, a space they share a building and uh, players youth players will run into first team players
5: and that's one of the things that luke spanish Steel has said from the very outset this is unheard of in the overall game in the world's
4: game
7: yeah and i tell you the benefits of it are beyond just players seeing, academy players seeing first team players walking around. The the number of conversations that academy staff have with first team staff, with Coach Bradley, uh, with Coach Bobby, the second team head coach, uh, they, they happen all the time. And it's not that you have to schedule those meetings, you don't have to get on a Zoom call, you don't have to drive across town, it's just meeting up in the cafeteria, is bumping into each other, walking from office to office, that some of these impromptu conversations have, where you talk about player development, you talk about where players are, you talk about, is it time for so-and-so to move up to the second team training environment uh, or drop back down into the academy? I mean, there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of synergy between staff and players uh, just because of the way the facility is, is put together. And you see that, On a daily basis because you do indeed come in every day every day yeah every every day we're we're every day the staff is there every day bradley's there every day john's there every day i'm there we're all there and uh you know tomorrow we've got we had two academy day games today we won both Uh beat houston dynamo at 15 and 17 and then we have two more tomorrow Um, and coach hackworth was out the games today cook bradley likely to be out there tomorrow
5: my grandson was here earlier today. One of my grandsons, my oldest grandson, who's playing for St. Louis Scott Gallagher now. And his goal, his goal, Dale, is to be the first American, the first American to play for Real Madrid.
7: Oh, all right. Well, I wonder where that
5: came from. It's a little bit of a lofty goal, but nonetheless, perhaps attainable. We talked about the World Cup just a moment ago and the things that happen on and off the field in Qatar And the fact that once everyone started playing soccer, everyone forgot about everything else. And isn't that what the World Cup is supposed to do?
7: Well, I thought that was the best part of the World Cup was the quality of the soccer and the quality of the games. I remember uh, watching, it's interesting that the time of the year was in December, November and December. And I remember watching a game from Qatar I don't remember who it was it was a terribly exciting game you're on the edge of your seat and then the game ended and an NFL game came on and you could barely watch it yeah uh, and I remember that the, feeling remember that
6: day yeah the Cowboys and somebody
7: was a huge letdown after whatever that game was yeah whatever whatever uh, World Cup match there, it was people were on the edge of their seats because it was back and forth it was open there was chances and then the NFL game came on. And that it was might have commercial. been the
6: championship game. That might have been Argentina-France. And then they cut over to, you know, here's your late uh, regular season matchup here in the NFC East. It wasn't uh, wasn't quite on that buildup. I think that's what that larger format, more of those games, more of those exciting moments, it's what we won.
5: I'm glad you brought that up to me, Joey. You brought it up to our audience. The final Argentina-France. Have you seen? Have you seen in your young lifetime? That's right. A World Cup <laughs> final like that.
6: Well, I don't have many to draw on. I I think that was the most pulse pounding game I've ever seen in my life. And then just the spectacle after it. President Macron down there with Mbappe comforting him as his own teammate. Leo Messi finally steps into the spotlight. It was gratification of the longest order for <laughs> him. Special stuff. I don't think there's been a player like him. I don't think there will be a player quite like him, though. Mbappe might run down many of his records. To get that level of satisfaction, to wait that long, whereas Kylian, I mean, he got it right away. He's still a teenager, won that first World Cup. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again.
7: Just an incredible, incredible way to finish a great tournament.
5: Dale, was it indeed Messi's moment?
7: It was Messi's moment, for sure. I mean, it was soccer's moment. <laughs> it was, it was I, I agree with you. I, I don't know, I mean... It may have been the best game that I've seen mm-hmm. in when when the chips were all on the table. Uh it was it was just scintillating and yeah, it was Messi's moment.
5: And Mbappe's goal, uh Joey <laughs> talked about Killing Mbappe, his second goal on the headed one-two, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean calm. Yeah. Long, long. yeah. It was absolutely amazing throughout the entire competition. And what I think has grabbed everyone's attention throughout the growth of the sport in our country starting pretty much with the 94 world cup people have finally caught the notion with reference to the world cup that this is a country against the country not a city against the right
7: yeah yeah and, and, and but also just we, we talked about it today on the air that to have great broadcasts to have great moments like that you need great players and great games and the world cup delivered this year for sure tonight delivered as well it truly was i mean
6: it's giving you that taste the world cup and then it gets fulfilled with the mls like this
5: that's joey zanaboni dale shilley's with us dale has to depart i've kept him way way (laughs) too long probably to the wrath of his family and they're certainly close by but i'm bill mcdermott this is extra time and we're live from the pitch
0: call from mom answer it
4: This is Extra Time, live from the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern at Union Station with Bill McDermott, presented by the Bank of Springfield on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Thank you again, Dave King.
5: Very much appreciated for the nice introduction. We are live, as Dave said, from the pitch. Their official title is the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern. Now, we are not going to use that every time we refer to the pitch. Now we're keeping two more guys overtime here Santiago Beltran, who did the game tonight on KXOK, and Taylor Twelman, St. Louis player, number 20 for the New England Revolution, who did so much damage with two other St. Louisans, Pat Noonan and Steve Ralston, for the Revs. And we're going to ask him. We talked a moment ago about artificial surface we're going to ask taylor before we begin with santiago how many years it took off your career do you think conservatively oh
8: boy bill uh i couldn't tell you my big head took more years off my career (laughs) than any artificial surface so tonight was something else my man
5: can you believe the atmosphere not just at the venue taylor but anywhere in and around the facility
8: yeah what's interesting is bill i was asked in the 88th minute 89th minute what's going to be said and i said 20 years from now 750,000 people are going to say they were well, at city park
5: i was positively there <laughs> oh no question now taylor comes from a astoundingly diverse athletic family his father played soccer in the north american soccer league at the time when very few Americans played, you played for the Minnesota Kicks. Taylor played with the New England Revolution. Does the sport now have any similarities MLS in particular to when it started in 96?
8: Uh no, no, but I I think I like the way you phrased that question because listen, Bill, it's a, it's a privilege to have a microphone and to speak on behalf of the city of St. Louis but tonight was about the thousand of men and women athletes that played at the highest of levels that wanted to be Miguel Perez
5: we all stand on their shoulders
8: we all wanted to be Miguel Perez tonight.
5: positively and, and that's
8: where this market is so different I think and the fans are going to listen to this and they're going to take a little bit of an issue with it I think the atmosphere can be better uh the atmosphere was flat at times for me but they're going to learn they're going to grow but it doesn't matter they love this league they love this city they love this league now they love their team and so this is only going to
5: grow but all of us wanted to be miguel perez positively and speaking of miguel perez let's talk with santiago Baltrán. santiago uh this all got started i mentioned this to dale uh the advent of major league soccer a goodly portion of it had to do with the crowds at st louis fc were drawing and the international soccer games that came to bush stadium and the edward jones dome uh 54, when real madrid was in town man city plays chelsea they sell out in 30 minutes but you got your start with st louis fc and that was a great start
9: yeah yeah i started calling games for st louis fc back in 2018 2019 and uh, I have called St. Louis FC, St. Louis Ambush. Last year, I called City 2. Like, I never call any academy games, but had the chance to uh, see the growth and the development of Miguel Perez when he started with the academy in 2021. Then last year, he, he was with City 2, played uh, in some games. And it is amazing to see him here now playing with the first team and not only being on the roster but last week he came uh, on the 16th minute played really well he was very and, good and all the guys uh, coach carnell roman berkey edward lubin all of them had great things to say about Absolutely. Miguel. Perez. he doesn't
5: look out of place he's he a 17 year old kid he 21st, doesn't look out of place signed him the 21st of february and he played in the first game I know you've only seen two games so far. I asked the same question of Dale, Brad, everybody I've talked to. Do you have a favorite player yet for St. Louis City?
8: Uh, I
5: don't have a favorite player. but or I can... Perhaps perhaps Taylor, one who affects the game the most?
8: Oh, they're going to have to change the way they want to play. They're going to have to. Uh, the high-energy Red Bull type of system that they want to implement, Bradley Cardinal is smart enough to understand they're going to have to change the way they play. And the two reasons why leuven and klaus they're not built for that system they're built for a hybrid version of that and those two can be special they can be very good not the best in the league but in this system they can be decent they're gonna have to evolve but if you ask bradley carnell before preseason even started six goals six points in the first two games he would assign the dotted line even with the help of kip keller and melanda yes right exactly, like we yeah. do have to be transparent about it but six goals six points my word
5: and melanda so far as a matter of fact bruce arena even brought it up last week in their game against charlotte bruce said he was one of the better players on the field so
8: during the broadcast on apple tv i broke a little news they already have two offers from Syria clubs Bayern Munich will buy him the moment he's called the France under-22 team. Melanda will be a 14 to $18 million player if he's called to the French national team in the next two months.
5: Do the Colombian fans feel the same way after the 2022 World Cup that the American fans felt after the 2018 World Cup?
9: Oh, my God. In other words, now you're we putting... weren't there. Now, you're going there <laughs> um, yes uh, I will say yeah, it's a similar feeling to 2018 Colombia just fell apart uh, in the last uh, nine match days um, couldn't score for seven games and uh, had some internal things going on that we will never know what really happened but colombia should have been in there yeah world but cup. in
8: fairness to colombia that is the most difficult world cup qualifying schedule and climate of any con- confederation and continent in the world so it's different than the united states losing to trinidad and tobago
5: one night you're in quito ecuador then your next weekend you're in la paz colombia. yeah it's
8: it, that's where 48 world cup also takes away
5: if columbia can't
8: qualify for that one then my
5: friend you got an issue speaking (laughs) of that and as a direct follow-up to that 2026 48 teams i asked dale too many yeah way too many
8: takes away from the whole process of three and a half years it's a waste but fifa does anything about money and then worries about the processes and everything else afterwards that's That's our who they are um united states canada and mexico won't care because 48 countries are going to have to buy tickets pay for hotels and enjoy their travel and enjoy that part so the tourism will go through the roof but as the soccer pierce there's zero wrong with 32 teams and there was zero wrong with the euros at 16. but the last two euros which I was a part of 24 teams Portugal won the 2016 European Championship Mm -hmm. and didn't win a single game Mm -hmm. until the final yeah Hello! <laughs> yeah, like, come on.
9: <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. It's too many teams, and Taylor was talking about South America. Ten countries, and now six, maybe seven, will be in the World Cup. And, and yeah, you're going to get a lot of, of low-level matches in, in the group stages. And the other thing I think I have an issue with, and they haven't announced, like, what the final format will be, but okay. if you do groups of three... You are going to remove what what you saw in this last World yes. Cup where you have groups of four, in some cases four teams with a chance to make it. Exactly. You're going to remove all of
5: that. That's very well said. On the very last day of
9: competition for each group,
5: there was something compelling about every game.
8: Yeah, and it's just, uh, I don't, uh, listen, I've been wrong many a times in my life. Bill, you've <laughs> known me since I was 10 no, years never old. Never mind. <laughs> I I may be wrong on this. I just find that
5: until they figure out the formula, I'm not sure three-team groups is really going to work. Yeah,
4: right, exactly. I'm still
5: going to go to every game, though. Okay, we have to take a break. That is Santiago Beltran. I'm Taylor. That's Taylor Twoman. I'm Bill McDermott. We'll be back live from the pitch on Cam Wex right after.
4: Now, back to the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern at Union Station. This is Extra Time with Bill McDermott, presented by the Bank of Springfield on America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
5: Thanks again, Dave King. Welcome back to the pitch. As they've said, I'm Bill McDermott. I'll be your host for seven, seven more of these ventures. We go from 10 till midnight after home games, next of which will be... On April 1st against Minnesota. We're still joined by Santiago Beltran and a new a new addition to our couch here. It's George Gansner. One of the, I'd say this whether you were sitting here or not, one of the finest linesman assistant referees now that's ever been in the league. Never wanted to be in the middle. It was always the AR, AR of the year in Major League Soccer at different occasions. But Santiago, let's start with you. We had talked about Columbia uh, a moment ago just six World Cups they're better than that aren't they to have just been at six World Cups
9: yeah uh, Colombia like back in the nineties, had a great generation went to uh, the World Cup in 1990 1994 1998 and was very close in 2002 but same thing like uh, they had spams of few games where they didn't win or tie and uh, it was like a lost generation, missed 2002 2006, 2010 and then this new generation in 2014 uh, with Hamid Rodriguez uh, Falcao was there but he missed it due to injury and 2014 2018 and then um, they didn't renew uh, Jose Peckerman's contract and that led to some chaos and just a lot of things going on within the team that only the players know but uh, it was just uh, I was sad that Colombia didn't make it to 2022 Santi the 30 for 30 shows on
5: ESPN one of my favorites and one of everybody's favorites was the two Escobars was that fair and was it handled properly
9: no no uh, obviously it wasn't fair Uh, like soccer and uh, somebody's life um, should be separate things and and yeah it was very unfortunate obviously Colombia around that time was still going through uh, all the cartel era and um, just uh, unfortunate that there were so much expectations uh, but the cartels were still involved with, Uh with soccer and so not fair and yeah, it wasn't it has, wasn't handled very well. I uh, did quite a few
5: Columbia games in 94. So, consequently, I looked at a lot of the video prior to the World Cup. And I'm telling you, you could not get the ball away from this team led by Carlos Valderrama. El pibe. And, and if you ever thought about touching Valderrama, you were going to get it from Lano Alvarez. And I mean, you would get it next post play. Let's talk it over with George Gansner a bit. We talked about his work in Major League Soccer. How many years in the league, Jarrett? Uh 19. 19? Yeah. I totally lost track of that. And how many years,
10: AR, our Linesman of the Year? Uh, I never actually got Assistant Referee of the Year. Yes, you I did. No, the only game I actually never did was the MLS Cup. I did 23 semifinals. Which is probably more than anybody yes. will ever do again, but it was because they did the home and away, which okay. I think they're doing again this year. Okay. Um, but um, you know, 250 games, uh, another 100 international games over 13 years. Uh, uh, I refereed Colombia. That was actually my very first one in the Orange Bowl in 2002 against and very, who? Uh, against Ecuador. Um, mm-hmm. It was an amazing thing, right? And I actually thought about it tonight because of the pace of play tonight was just spectacular in the first. 30 40 minutes or so um and and but that game was so different for me because i literally went in at halftime and i looked at the referee and said oh my god how do you do this (laughs) because it was so fast it was dramatically fast and
5: with a difficult game to manage because of the quickness and the tackling i think he did a good job managing that game
10: yeah tonight Uh, yeah well ted so i thought ted did a pretty good job tonight um uh, you know, you're always as a home team, even yes. myself I get caught up in stuff. But what, what Ted didn't get caught up in was the little games that were being played around in different areas, both by our players, but a lot by Charlotte, of course, um, you know, they're playing in a, in a, what is, what is maybe going to be a really hostile environment. Um, and, and. Uh, he told me it was massively loud down there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really exciting for the players. He said that they, they just had a lot of fun tonight.
5: Are the referees in this league are the referees anywhere in the world? Are they instructed, I always talk to you about this, but are they instructed to err on the
10: side of the attacking player? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, it's a bit different now with VAR, but, but we were always taught, and, and as an assistant referee, you, you want to give the if it looks like it's onside then keep your flag down right i mean they we're here to score goals we're not here to take goals away and so you i mean you're gonna make mistakes at that pace you're gonna make mistakes um in fact i think taylor who was just here with you guys um played in the open cup final in 2005 it's the only open cup final that i did it was in dallas and uh new england scored a goal to win three to two and Everybody was happy. Everything was fine the next day in the airport I'm getting ready to come home and I get a phone call that says you need to go look at the tape you were wrong and I said what do you mean? I was wrong and it was literally they slowed it down to an 18th of a second um, to show that I missed it by a hair and I thought come on um, I, I was told by Paul Tamburino who was our uh, head, head of the referees at the time. He said that Bob Bradley said look he's not my favorite guy Give him a break on this one <laughs> speaking of that and as a follow-up to that var yeah good or bad for the game um it, i think it depends right we need to have a pendulum shift here um a lot of people want more black and white than gray um that's what this does uh, i'm a fan of it if i wasn't a fan to begin with i'm a fan of it if they get it right okay. and they use it for the right reasons All and, Right. and for me they're still getting some things wrong that they shouldn't be getting wrong um, I'll tell you, Mark Geiger, who refereed in Major League Soccer and was an international referee for a long time um, and refereed in World Cups. He's responsible for that with FIFA, and and was at the World Cup. Um, yeah. And in the World Cup, I thought they did a brilliant job of VAR. So,
5: Diago, you're from Manizales, uh, Colombia.
9: Where where is it located in Colombia? It's um, like in the middle of Colombia about four hours away from Medellin okay that close by yeah so you mentioned there were some
5: lost years with the Colombian national team was a goodly portion of a direct result of Peckerman no longer being around
9: yeah that's that's a big debate uh, in Colombia so he took Colombia to the quarterfinals in 2014 then uh, to the round of 16 in 2018 and his contract basically ran out and there were conversations but they could never agree and um, it's just some things that you never really know what happened but what I heard is that he wanted to, to stay but uh, some of the top guys in the Colombian Federation wanted a change. And uh, they brought uh, Carlos Queiroz, mm-hmm. and Colombia started the qualifiers. They did okay. They got four points out of six, but that something fell apart. And again, you never know. You will never know what really happened. But Colombia lost to Uruguay three to one, and then lost to Ecuador six to one. And um, the rumor is that basically the players just gave up and they wanted the coach out and i always go back to this they probably thought okay we will win all these games against paraguay we will beat bolivia in la paz we won't need these six points we just gave away but i think it came back it came back to them and they couldn't recover from that deficit let me ask you both
5: something i've asked all of our guests so far this evening do you have a player have you watched a player yet in just these two games who you think most affects the outcome of the game for st louis city santiago
9: yes um and yeah it is only two games this could change but so far for me i am between uh, joao klaus and edward lubin obviously both of them are the dps and are the guys who should be mm-hmm. making a mm-hmm. difference but klaus uh Obviously, he's scoring, um, scoring the first two games. If you go back to preseason, he has a score in the last three games. But not only the scoring part, he defends well. He protects the ball when he gets it. He does all the dirty work to uh, create spaces and gave other guys a chance. And obviously, Lubin in the midfield, he's everywhere. Yeah. But if I have to pick one, I will go with Klaus.
5: And speaking of Klaus, George it doesn't seem like you have to raise your flags too often with it. It seems like he judges his
10: runs accordingly. He does. He does. Um, I, I do think the one tonight where he was called offside was correct. Um, oh, I think oh was, yes. yes. I didn't get to see it other than from the angle I had, but uh-huh. it seemed like he was offside. Uh, Jeremy's an international referee, mm-hmm. the, the one that's on the line there. He's really good. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, for me, um, I, I – I, Respect the fact that you want to talk about Leuven and Klaus. I think that's great. Those guys are central midfield or whatever, but um, Blom had a heck of a game tonight. The number. What of, a worker. Oh man. The number of tackles he won and, and, and challenges, 1v1 challenges, he won defensively in the midfield and then created a transition was incredible tonight. I liken him
5: in the old days with Real Madrid to Claude McAlaley, or in their current days. With Camavinga, yeah, non-stop worker, plays the ball early when he cuts it out, tackles, doesn't foul a great deal, but that holding spot in front of the defenders, that's become such a vital position in any league. Before we get your comment on that, before we conclude for the evening, we got to take another break. George Gansner, Santiago Beltran's with us. I'm Bill McDermott. This
4: is Wexp. We're live from the pitch. One thing. This is Extra Time, live from the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern at Union Station with Bill McDermott, presented by the Bank of Springfield on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Thanks
5: again, Dave King. We continue our conversation with George Gansner and Santiago Beltran. Santiago did the game tonight on KXOK, which is no longer 6.30 on your AM dial. That's a long time ago. The only reason I have referenced that is because between breaks, I heard Johnny Rabbit's voice. And when I was at McBride High School, never mind when, I'm automatically given my age away anyway, we used to walk across Kings Highway to watch Johnny Rabbit in the window broadcasting from Radio Park at Okay. So that's a ways back. Camel X bringing all, bringing everybody together. George Gansner, when did you retire
10: from Major League Soccer? Uh, 2015 was my last year. Miss it? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Um, for the for a while, I didn't miss the fitness. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you, you, as an assistant referee, you're doing a, a real job and then another real job, yes. right? Yes. And uh, the referees are all full-time now. Mm-hmm. Um, the assistants, I think some of them do it full-time, but they have other things. Um, but... Um, It's really come a long way even just in the last eight years. Santiago this team St. Louis City two
5: games Six points. That's what you're looking for. Now granted some unusual circumstances I asked Dale a moment ago. Have you ever seen two games in succession? Where a ball was given away by the last defender and intercepted by an offensive player Have you ever seen that two
9: games in a row? I have not, and um, I'm going to give you a little story from last week. Uh, I was doing the game from a studio, and when Kip Keller passed that ball to Jerry Stroud, I froze. Uh I couldn't believe Uh what was happening, so I ended up calling the goal like three, four seconds late, but I had never seen a play like that, so Uh I learned from that. Today I was ready. But back to, uh, yeah, circumstances, um, yeah, you see back-to-back goals uh, with a pass from the defender. And I think national media is not going to give credit to Uh St. Louis City because they're going to say, yeah, they won, but it was some circumstantial goals. But the team is doing a great job, and they have to get some credit. They're going to say penalty kick, own
5: goal, last defender it was intercepted by an offensive player i have to ask you about your style because i've never heard you do a game because while you're doing games i'm doing games right. are you an andres contour
9: no I, not I, at all I, I won't compare to any of those guys yeah i want to get there at some point but but yeah i'm learning and every game it gets better uh-huh. uh, but yeah i like the fast pace and uh back to what George uh, commented a, a few moments ago obviously MLS is it's a faster pace I yes. USL MLS next pro but you can see the change of pace and it's it's so quick but I think for me it's good because I like when there is a lot of action and a lot of things going on but but yeah I'm new to this and I'm learning but um, but yeah hopefully at some point I can get to that point where where I can be an Andres Cantor or okay. <laughs> do some Art Tapia, yeah, something like that, but step-by-step, step, Bill. S- but still doing your own your yeah. Own style.
5: Yeah. George, please explain to me. I'm just going to set up a hypothetical situation. The right back crosses it from his half of the field to his left winger. The left winger hits it first time, and it hits a center back in the arm.
10: Is that a penalty kick? It depends. I uh, mean, that's not... That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, it really depends. I mean, did, 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 how? what was the distance between the player hitting that strike or and, and hitting the player's arm? Did the player have an opportunity to get his arm out of the way? Did? Right. did uh, I mean, there's really a lot of things that go into that play. Tonight's yellow card for the handball that happened in the middle of the field. Yes, sir. Um, that was clear to me. That was easy, and I had a lot of people around me saying, what the heck was that for? Well, it's because he stopped the promising attack, Int- and, and intentionally with his arm and they said no, that wasn't look at the replay it's not intentional everything at this lap level happens on purpose it just- oh, it, oh it does
5: <laughs>
10: <laughs> by the way you never did
5: mention to me and i talked with your wife on the pre-game show with tom ackerman and she never said her name was jen gansner now i'm not kreskin i can't discern that she's your wife when did she get involved in this?
10: So she um, she worked at KMOX actually before Steve Moore and before Tom Ackerman. Uh, she oh. was, she was there in college. She's actually produced Jack Buck um, oh. for Cardinals Baseball. She's uh, She was there a long time. She went went away from X for a long time. And a couple of weeks ago, Steve called her and said, hey, do you want to do this gig? And, and uh, she said, she came to me. She said, what do I say? I said, well, you say yes.
5: Positively say yes. By the oh, way, before he gets out of here, Jack Stapleton is a good friend of ours. He helped us out with changing things around here tonight. Uh, when I first got here, Brian Doherty was here, as he always is, on time, ready to go. It did not, it did not, he was not satisfied with the setup. Nor was Steve Moore. And he said, that's it, that's not going to work. So we changed things around dramatically, and we thank everybody in the process. We got to say something to Steve Moore before we get out of here because he is the consummate He is the consummate Manchester United fan Now, Manchester United here, here indeed is Steve Moore Steve is the operations manager and the brand manager at Camo X And knows everything about Camo X The takeover of Manchester United Has been delayed the Glazers, American owners, are holding out for $7.2 billion. Sheikh Jasmine and Sir Jim Ratcliffe, there are two of the bidders. They're bidding somewhere in the process of $5.4 billion. The deal's supposed to be completed by the end of March. But you knowing everything about Manchester United, <laughs> where does the deal stand? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I really
0: think they need to think about English owners. Okay. They go outside. I, I, now, I do appreciate all that oil money, and you will buy a lot of players with oil money. But United has had a problem with dealing with ownership that is not in in the uh, U.K. So I think they need to be thinking about local ownership. And $6 billion seems like a reasonable amount. I don't have that kind of money, but I think if Santiago and I pull our money together and we can get Twelman involved, because I, I know, know he's got coin. Positively.
5: <laughs> Positively. Now, I always kid you about the Manchester United teams, but I've seen some of their games lately. A big one tomorrow against Liverpool, by the way, at Anfield, who, by the way, inexplicably were taken apart by Real Madrid 5-2. to so, at Anfield, Liverpool is usually pretty strong. They're missing some big players, but it's a big game for Manchester United. Uh, Christian Eriksen, Sabitzer, Garnacho, a wonderful young player from Argentina, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez, and now the rumor is that Harry Kane, Harry Kane may be entertaining a move to Manchester United. Is that indeed accurate mr manchester united so i don't know that i
0: buy the harry kane story okay i am actually a little uncomfortable with the mason greenwood uh rumors that that could be rekindled again Uh, i'm not sure that that's the best i do think soliciting the feelings of the women's soccer program that you run might be uh well thought of there like i
5: I'm just saying. Jen Gansner, do you have something to say about that? Uh, which please part? Go, please which, go right ahead. Which, which, well, which, it immediately <laughs> got your attention when Steve said something about, well, when you solicit the opinion of the women's program, go right ahead.
6: Well, which part, though,
0: exactly? Well, I, I mean. It's really important that we're specific. <laughs> I, I I, think that they're probably not going to be the biggest fans of Mason Greenwood based on the allegations that were levied against him.
5: Mm. Yeah, so I think you have to be really, really
6: important about how we partner, how we sponsor, what that makes sense for. There's a lot with the, you know, the, the there's another World Cup coming up and
5: what kind of sponsors make sense for stuff like that. And it does. It, it matters. It really matters. I,
0: I don't know that sensitivity training, like, I, you know how they, you'll see this from time to time. A, a player gets in trouble uh, and they send him to sensitivity training and everybody feels a lot better about it if he scores about 15 goals. Yes. Yeah. The allegations are pretty strong. I'm not sure this is the right move for them. Harry Kane makes a lot of sense. They need a big center striker who presses on the ball. I, I can see that, but I'm not sure that, uh, I, I don't know. Something, something says that the Harry Kane thing does not happen. Let's get close to midnight. We got to get out of here.
5: Oh, that I got. I, I called in Moore. for the last minute. That was Steve Moore, <laughs> the man responsible. Clean it up. clean-up job. <laughs> <laughs> Clean up job. <laughs> for us being on the You're air, Jake Ansner, thank you very much for You're joining welcome. us. Santiago Beltran, thank you very much. Thanks for having As me. As I mentioned, we will do this seven other occasions. Next of which is on April 1st against Minnesota, and then likewise in the month of April on the 15th against Cincinnati. I want to thank Brian Darty, our engineer. Here on site, Gary Chapman and uh, James O'Sullivan back at the KMOX studios. I am Bill McDermott. I'll be your host for Extra Time. We thank Steve Moore again for his diligence in keeping the sport on KMOX. So good night, everybody, after our initial broadcast of Extra Time here at KMOX.